Hello, and welcome to the Veterinary Today podcast produced by the Illinois State Veterinary Association, commonly known as the ISVMA. Veterinary Today has been created for veterinary professionals, but can also be informative for anybody interested in veterinary medicine and practice. Its goal is to share the latest trends and developments in the veterinary profession from individuals making news in the veterinary profession. This podcast shares information that allows veterinary professionals to better serve clients and their pets, livestock, manage their practice, and to establish a more informed, knowledgeable, and engaged clinic staff. I'm Joey McLaughlin, your podcast moderator. Glad to have you here. Uh, Joanne Carlson is the owner and operator of Loving Care Animal Clinic in Palatine and president of the ISVMA's Board of Directors and your Veterinary Today podcast host and joins me once again. Hello, Dr. Carlson. Hi, Joey. So great to be back with you. I'm excited to share the pertinent information once again about the veterinary profession in Illinois with our listeners. Absolutely. Uh, For this podcast, we're looking ahead into June when a nationwide law goes into effect affecting the way customers have access to over-the-counter medications they could previously buy online or at retail stores, but starting in June, will only have access to those meds by veterinary prescription. Correct, Joey. It's the guidance for industry number 263 or GFI 263 issued by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that changes the approved marketing status of certain antimicrobial drugs from over-the-counter to prescription drugs. Uh, Approximately 91 different antibiotics are going to be transitioning from over-the-counter to prescription. Once this change goes into effect, these popular drugs can only be used with animals under the care and control of a licensed veterinarian and impacts mostly animals intended for food production, but also some small animal situations. Yeah, it certainly could affect a lot of people who are currently rely on the convenience of purchasing the drugs from, you know, just from an over-the-counter retailer, Dr. Carlson. Uh, for this podcast, we've invited Dr. Michael Costin, Associate Director of the Division of Animal and Public Health at the American Veterinary Medical Association or the AVMA to help us understand how GFI 263 will impact not only veterinary professionals, but also consumers who raise and breed and care for companion animals and large animals too. Welcome to Veterinary Today, Dr. Costin. Good afternoon. Uh, Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to be here today. We're so glad you could join us, Dr. Costin. To really establish an understanding of what we're discussing today, can you please give us a little intro into what GFI 263 is and why it's being implemented? Uh, Sure. So back on June 10th of 2021, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration finalized Guidance for Industry 263, or as you stated earlier, GFI 263. Now, what GFI 263 does is it outlined the process that animal drug sponsors or pharmaceutical companies do to voluntarily change the approved marketing status of certain medically important antimicrobial drugs from over-the-counter, or OTC, to prescription, or RX. Now, once this change is made, uh, these important drugs can only be used in animals under the supervision of a licensed veterinarian, Now, even if the animals are not intended for food production. So everything from pet dogs and cats to backyard poultry, and from pet rabbits and pigs to large livestock farms, the same restrictions are going to apply. All of these medically important antibiotics will require a prescription from a veterinarian in order to be used. Now, the process that was outlined in GFI 263 is part of the FDA's broader effort to combat antimicrobial resistance, which is a serious threat to animal and public health. Uh, The increasing threat of antimicrobial resistance to both human and animal health compelled the FDA to take action. 
Now, antimicrobial use in humans, animals, and the environment contributes to the development of antimicrobial resistance. GFI 263 puts the responsibility for the use of medically important antimicrobials into the hands of veterinarians. Veterinarians who are trained to understand not only when these medications are needed, but also what is the appropriate drug to use, the appropriate dose, duration, and administration method to resolve infection and protect animal health and our food supply. The veterinarian's expertise is critical to ensuring the responsible use of antibiotics in animals. So Dr. Kasten, I'm just curious, what are the most commonly used products that might be affected by this? Uh, and when is the hard cutoff date that we can anticipate these products not being uh, available in retail stores? Well, let me answer your first question first. Um, so some of the commonly common products that are sold in retailers uh, that will be impacted by this are you know anything that's a medically important antimicrobial that's been available over the counter, uh, regardless of the route of administration, will now be prescription only. So examples of these are injectables like penicillin and tetracycline, uh, some oral boluses like Albon boluses, uh, as well as some intramammary products like dry cow tubes. If you want to see the full list, if you go to FDA's website and in their search bar, type in GFI 263. Uh, and one of the entries that will pop up, there, it will be uh, the list of approved new animal drug applications affected by GFI 263. And that lists all the drugs as well as the, the, the sponsors um, and the, the route of administration, which are going to be impacted. And as you said earlier, there's something like 90 uh, different drugs and their applications, which are going to be impacted by the implementation of this rule. Now, regarding when this goes into effect, you know, so they initially announced this back in 2021, and they, they provided a two-year implementation period, which is coming to an end uh, this next month in June of 2023. Now, what the FDA and the drug manufacturers did was they agreed to change the marketing status for antibiotics that are medically important from over-the-counter to prescription only, requiring veterinary oversight for their use. Now, under the direction of the veterinarian, the responsible and the appropriate administration of antibiotics reduces the opportunity for resistance to develop and helps preserve our supply of effective antibiotics for situations when they're really needed. Thank you, Dr. Costin. You know, when we really think about it, we're just really trying to preserve, you know, human health because really any antibiotic can contribute to antimicrobial resistance. And we're trying to keep people healthy by doing this, not necessarily make it more difficult for people to care for their animals. Isn't that correct? Uh, that is correct. We're basically trying to make sure that the antibiotics that we have uh, continue to work by making sure we use them in an appropriate manner. We'll be back right after this. Careers, clinic, farm, family. Your ISVMA is with you. It's membership renewal time. As a veterinarian or CVT member of the ISVMA, your association always has your best interests in mind. The ISVMA protects and promotes the veterinary profession in Illinois and your license to practice. Founded by members for members, your ISVMA promises to be a legislative and political advocate for the profession, engage membership for new career opportunities, and to promote a career in veterinary medicine to untapped individuals. Advance careers through numerous continuing education opportunities. 
inform members and the public about who we are and what we do in our communities, and lead in our communities as premier healthcare providers. Renew your membership today. If you haven't yet joined, look for a recently sent email from the ISVMA directly linking you to your membership profile. Join us today during our annual membership drive currently underway. Your ISVMA is with you. So really, this prescription status protects animals and people. And I'm just curious, you know, how do you think this will impact veterinarians? It shouldn't be too bad. So what I think is going to happen is we're going to see some new clients will be calling on veterinarians seeking to establish a relationship and seeking advice and assistance with their animals. I see. You know, seeing that you were a, a large animal dairy veterinarian, how, you know, in general, do you see that creating more herd health exams or what do you feel? Is there something that we can kind of put a little, you know, spin on it as far as will this cause the veterinarian to have to maybe do one herd health check per year or a few, or what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, on the food animal side, a lot of the time the veterinarians are visiting their clients and their farms more frequently than once a year. What we do anticipate is this will impact both the large and the small animal veterinarians. Um, mm-hmm primarily in having clients they've not worked with before calling upon them because they're going to need to establish that relationship with a veterinarian, establish the veterinary client patient relationship in order to have access to the antimicrobials they might need to treat infections in their animals. Exactly. And as we all know, the VCPR is so important and uh, has to be established. What steps will veterinarians such as us need to take to ensure affected clients' needs are met in a timely manner? First thing, I think veterinarians should be reaching out to their clients proactively and letting them know this change is coming, uh, when it's going to start, and why it's occurring. I believe this will precipitate conversations with the clients. And in that communication, I believe the veterinarians should ask their clients to contact them if they have been using over-the-counter medications on their animals without the veterinarian's knowledge. Uh, By doing so, that will allow the veterinarian and the client to have discussion about why they're using those medications and for what reasons, and allow that discussion to occur, which will allow the veterinarian to better assist their client going forward. Yes, I completely concur with that. I know that uh, there's several times in my small animal practice that folks will have uh, brought in a new puppy and they'll say, oh, we already do wormwood with this product or that, or we've already given them uh, a a specific antibiotic. And I'll often say, you know, why? So I think just it's going to open up more of a discussion. And also it puts the, you know, the prescription role in the the hands of the animal health professionals that we are. So do you think it will need to be uh, implement any new administrative procedures and keeping records? Um, no, I believe the records requirements remain the same. And that does depend on state somewhat. So as you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm licensed in Wisconsin. Uh, our require, record requirement was seven years. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Illinois are, uh, mm-hmm. but the records requirements haven't changed. Um, I see. Okay. And you know, anytime when there's something new, such as this GFI 263, I'm just wondering if you can predict any sort of confusion uh, by the veterinarians, the client, and specifically some of these large animal, you know, breed operators, because those are the ones it seems like it's going to impact the most. What are your thoughts on that, doctor? Well, anytime there's change, it can lead to some confusion, right? 
That said, uh, AVMA has, is not alone uh, in letting people know about the upcoming changes. I know FDA has been very active spreading the word, uh, speaking with and answering questions from the pharmaceutical industry, uh, distributors and retailers. And I've actually seen signs in some of the retailers in their animal health sections letting their customers know about the upcoming change. Many of the AVMA's allied veterinary associations, the national ones like uh, bovine practitioners, swine vets, small ruminant practitioners, uh, American Association of Avian Pathologists, they've been letting their members know about the upcoming changes. Additionally, producer groups and associations have been letting their members know, groups like uh, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, National Pork Producers Council, uh, American Sheep Industry. So there's a lot of different groups letting their membership know um, their client base know that this change is coming, but ultimately it depends on people seeing one of those messages and being aware that this is happening. You know, is there a chance that some people are not aware? Yes. And that's where the confusion might come. I see. And, you know, just like you said, like anything, the change is always uh, a little challenging for us. Um, does the AVMA have any uh, literature or anything that could be shared on, uh, you know, such as Facebook or anything like that? Anything that we could look at and, you know, help? Uh, yes, we do. I, I think the easiest way to get some of your listeners to our materials, if you if you go to the AVMA's main uh, web page and in the search bar, just type in OTC to RX. Uh, that'll pull up a list of various resources we have. Uh, first two or three resources there should be links to either blog posts or social media or news items we've put out over the last year, kind of letting our membership know uh, that this change is coming. Uh, additionally, there's a link to a web page that we've put up, which explains the reasoning behind the implementation of GFI 263, as well as some different resources that we have available. It also links to uh, numerous of the FDA's web pages. Uh, some other resources that your listeners might be interested in, if they want to go to the FDA's main web page, and in their search bar, if you type in GFI 263, uh, in, the, in the FDA's search bar, uh, that will take you to several of the pages and resources that they have available. Uh, they have a list of the antimicrobials, which will be in, impacted by the, the implementation of this rule. Uh, additionally, they have a FAQ page uh, that answers a lot of people's the commonly asked questions. Hmm. Well, that sounds fantastic. So it sounds like you've been very busy about the this GFI 263, doctor. <laughs> well, we've had two years. Uh, We've, we've been doing what we can to get the message out, um, and hopefully we've reached enough people that the confusion that does occur is minimal. Yes. And, you know, from a public health standpoint, which is uh, ironic, my daughter just graduated uh, from college yesterday with a public health degree, and we've talked a lot about populations, and we're really looking at keeping the population of us humans safe. And, um, you know, when we think about just the, the previous two, three years, uh, we really do see how animals do impact our health uh, through the whole COVID process and the where the process that emanated from. So this seems like a really good um, way to to help uh, keep us healthy. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And um, I really am glad that we could shed some light on this and uh, the ever-evolving world of veterinary medicine. Uh, any other comments or things you'd like to add, Dr. Costin? I think the biggest thing is for those who may not be aware and for your veterinary listeners, you know, we anticipate uh, the implementation of this rule impacting a couple of groups and geographies. I guess uh, 
groups, we, we expect both small and large animal vets uh, to notice this change, primarily from clients they may not have worked with previously calling and looking to establish that relationship that has established that VCPR. And these clients may have animals that veterinarians don't normally work with. We expect that this will impact uh, the hobbyists, so people who may have backyard chickens, backyard pigs, uh, some small ruminants. Geographically, we expect this change to impact the rural areas where veterinary coverage may not be as extensive. Uh, there are some people out there who have not used vet veterinarians in the past. They've always gone to the, like, the local farm store uh, to source some of their meds. They may not be able to do well, they won't be able to do that now without a prescription from a veterinarian. So the, the rural veterinarians may see some new clients calling. Additionally, uh, the fringes of the larger urban areas, it's where a lot of the hobbyists are located. You know, those people uh, in their search for veterinarians, they may be reaching out to companion animal vets uh, looking for help. Um, and we see this as an opportunity uh, for those companion animal services to expand their services if they're interested in doing so. Absolutely. I love chickens. And uh, I must say that uh, I would love to have them, but uh, my current uh, association does not allow them. But I would love to to see some chicken folks. And, uh, you know, also sheep. You mentioned sheep. I just love sheep. So I think that that's a, a great possibility. Um, my last question for you is you're from Kansas. You live in uh, Schaumburg, you know, suburb of uh, Chicago. Who do you root for in baseball, doctor? <laughs> Actually, I am originally from Chicago. Oh. Uh, I won't give you the whole story of how I ended up in Kansas, uh, but I was raised a White Sox fan. My, oh. my father, my family is from the South Side. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, obviously, I root for the Cubs, but you know what? It's a Chicago team, so that's good. But uh, it was great chatting with you, and have a great day. Thank you for the invitation. You know, for those listeners, if you do have a topic suggestions, please reach out and send them to us because we are uh, open and we want to give the information that you would like to hear. Thank you, Drs. Gustin and Carlson, for all the discussion and information surrounding this important development for uh, veterinarians and their clients, not only here in Illinois, but nationwide. Uh, this concludes our Veterinary Today podcast. Again, thank you to our uh, guest, Dr. Michael Costin, Associate Director of the Division of Animal and Public Health with the uh, AVMA. And of course, thank you, Dr. Carlson of Loving Care Animal Clinic in Palatine and President of the ISVMA, your podcast host. I'm Joey McLaughlin. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another timely topic on Veterinary Today.